Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Gladys Berejiklian, an Australian Liberal politician currently serving as the 45th Premier of New South Wales and the leader of the New South Wales Liberal Party. Prior to this, she's been the Treasurer of New South Wales, the Minister for Industrial Relations and the Minister for Transport in various governments. And away from work, she's been a long-time supporter of the Girl Guides, she's a keen foodie and a lover of golf. And Todd Greenberg, a sports administrator and formerly the CEO of the Canterbury Bulldogs, the CEO of the NRL, and now takes a new role as the CEO of the Australian Cricket Association. He recently joined the board of Venues New South Wales, responsible for running major sporting events in the state. And away from work, he's a keen cricketer, tennis player, and also a lover of golf. Let's get started. show today, Gladys Berejiklian, Australian Liberal politician, currently serving as the 45th Premier of New South Wales. Welcome, Gladys. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. Pleasure. And Todd Greenberg, a sports administrator, and so welcome, guys, to the show. Great intro, Shane. Nice, isn't it? Very yeah. impressive. Amazing we get off Wikipedia these days. Yeah. But, um, I've got to update the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you two actually working together at venues in New South Wales at the moment? Well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, the New South Wales government runs venues yeah. in South Wales, but we, we let them do their thing, so... But it's a big responsibility, you know. These are great assets on behalf of the state and we want to make sure they're really well utilised and, you know, so there's a huge responsibility that goes with sitting on that board. It's a, it's a really great honour. And Gladys, I just want to say firstly, congratulations on such a great effort, um, the way you've, you've led this state during this pandemic. I thought you've done a great job. My wife, Lorraine, she's a massive supporter, so oh, she says to say nice. hello. Thank you. Um, and we had this sort of religious ceremony every 11am every day Got to see what Gladys is saying. So thanks for thanks thanks for getting us through that. But um, how, how have you found it? It's been it's a bit pretty tiring, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think it's been tough on everybody. I mean, everybody's had changes at work, changes in family. It's been a stressful time for everybody. So I don't really feel I was any different. Um, yeah. If anything, I felt empowered because I had the information every day. It was like, how can I convey this to the community, and how can we get through this together? And um, and I felt myself really develop as a leader during that time because I kind of thought, I don't care what anyone says, I've just got to make the right decision. So it actually helped me mature as a leader, I thought, and care less about what the commentariat say and just more about just do the right thing, get the decisions out there and try and explain to people what's happening because then people feel empowered. They understand why you're doing something. Yeah, it's 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 the leadership has been exceptional. And, um, and, and Todd, you're, you're now taking on a new role with the Australian Cricket Association. Um, talk us through that and, and what are your responsibilities? Because this is almost – this is sort of borderline politics too as well, isn't it? Well, it's <laughs> funny because the Premier and I have known each other a while and um, in my previous role we used to compare notes a little bit because it does sometimes feel like politics. And, you know, you've got a job where pretty much everyone you meet tells you how to do your job better. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure the Premier cops that every, every time she goes and buys a coffee in the morning. So, look, my new role with cricket's um, really exciting, you know, representing the players' interests, both male and female. So, yeah, great privilege. Really looking forward. Just started, so I'm still learning. And, and Gladys, when, you get down, when do you get downtime as a Premier? You don't get much downtime, no. to be honest. No, but it's, it's pretty much go, go, go. But you learn how to um, clear your head. You learn how to make good decisions and – I learned quite a while ago that unless you eat well and sleep well as much as you can, you're too hazy and foggy to make good decisions. So you don't know when something's going to come across your desk or a crisis is going to hit and you've always got to be on high alert. Lucky I don't drink much. So uh, you've just got to be some, you've just got to be, you know, be ready for anything unexpected that might come your way. And, um, but that also teaches you how to have downtime. So when you do have downtime, you 
you do it well and then obviously you're kind of on the go every time, every other time. So what, what does a perfect afternoon look like for you? Afternoons I'm normally working, but yeah. evenings yeah. Um, evenings are trashy TV, yeah. reading Love the it. book. Yeah. <laughs> In summer I used to have time for um, nine holes, but I don't have time for that anymore, So, which is a bit sad. One day. One day. One day, one day. One day you'll be back yeah. on the golf course. <laughs> you play much golf, Todd? Yes. I played a lot. I played a lot. Um, you had your gap year last year. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed myself. I got my handicap down, but unfortunately I think it's going to rise back up again as I uh, enter back into the workforce. Gus, I really want to ask you about um, – I've got three kids, um, one, one, two daughters. Zara's just started high school. And I want to ask you, as, as a father, what advice would you give to me – how to um, nurture and educate young girls going into, particularly into male-dominated industries? Good question. I would say, um, looking back, the best advice you can give um, young girls and women is to be yourself. Don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and follow the crowd. Yep. Just be comfortable with who you are. It takes a whole lifetime sometimes to get there. Yeah. But just be yourself. And I found in politics – I, I knew that I was coming in. I couldn't pretend to be like everybody else because most people didn't look or sound like me. So um, so I just thought I'm just going to do things my way quietly and um, just be competent. And I think that's the best thing. It, it, we all know our strengths and weaknesses and I knew early on I wasn't the flashiest politician but I was competent. I could yep. get the job done and I thought even if people don't like me, at least they know that I'll get the job done and that's what people oh, well want. Said. Yeah. It, it, it's for the whole women's movement, it's come, it's come such a long way and I think the girls are still – way underrepresented on boards and that these days still. But in, in the sports sense of things, the female cricketers in particular, that's really progressed, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. The gender equity piece in cricket, I think, leads every other sport. Um, you know, the board that I report into, the ACA boards, five men, five women. Um, so they're actually living and breathing that every day. And, and just to reflect on what the Premier just said then, I mean, I get a sense that uh, sometimes our best leaders show a little bit of vulnerability and they don't try to pretend to be someone they're not. They're just themselves. And when you look at what um, the Premier has led over the last 12 months in our state, I think people look up to her because she's just so genuine and so real and, and she's not trying to be someone she's not. And some days are harder than others and that little bit of vulnerability, I think people look at that and see some sincerity and some authenticity. So I, that's why I think she's so well admired in this state because of, those those traits. Glassy, are you naturally shy as a person? Oh, I'm a private person. I'm yeah. not shy at work. Okay. Yeah, no, I know that. No, I'm but not shy at work. No. Um, but naturally speaking, yeah, I do well better at smaller dinner parties and large parties. If yeah. yeah, so I'm not I'm not naturally allowed. I've got lots, you know, a good circle of friends, but I'm not someone who's. Um, who 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 looks for the large crowd? I like spending quality time with with my closest and dearest. I'll be yeah. the same too. Yeah. I, um, for for me, growing up, my my dream was always to play for the Australian cricket team, and I was lucky enough to do that. How and good it, is that? It was unbelievable. Seriously, yeah, it was great fun. But I remember that first moment when I, it actually happened, and I walked on the field, and you can't believe it, right? I can't believe it. Yeah. So what was it like the first day you I got the keys to the, to the stuff? I still can't believe it. <laughs> when people say premier, I still turn I around going, they're talking about me? That's me. <laughs> so you walk and you sit down at your, de- your new desk. Yeah, it's, it's what, surreal. What goes through your head? It's surreal. You just, I just learned, you just take every day as it comes, but it's yeah. still, I've still got to pinch myself and I never want to lose that because no. it means you respect the role, you respect the 100%. responsibility that comes with it. Yep. Just as you're playing, you know, in your matches, every match is like your first match, right? You give yeah. your, your best and you don't leave anything on the field. And that's how I feel. I kind of, Feel really privileged to have the job I do, and um, and a lot of responsibility with it. So I still pinch myself. I would never ever have imagined that mm. I'd end up where I am. And is it the same? I know for me with cricket, um, 
you get in there and you're not sure whether you're good enough initially and, and then you, you might score oh, a few yeah. runs, take wickets and you yeah. get more confident. Is that, I think is that any your experience? I think any leadership role is like yeah. that. Anything that's new, you think, am I going to be able to do it or not? And yeah. you think, that's okay. You just small steps at a time, always move forward in my, in my view. Don't try and change the world overnight but change it in steps moving forward. And then as you get more mature in your role, the steps become bigger and you yeah. learn to achieve more. But um, building up that confidence, I think, comes with experience as yeah, well, just so. being there for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's all about leadership. I'll ask you both the same question, but what, what, what do you think makes a good leader, Todd? Uh, I think I touched on some of it before, that level of humility and that ability just to effectively show who you are. Not Don't try to overreach. Don't be over someone you're not. Um, so I've always thought that people particularly look up and look for leadership. Um, and so the best leaders are those who you genuinely will get behind and believe in. And to do that, you've got to see a bit of yourself in that. Um, and that's why I think the Premier is just, you know, an inspirational leader in this state for all those qualities. Um, and that's why I think we're now in the position we are on the back of COVID where people are walking the streets, they're getting on with their lives, they're doing everything by the, the, the rules, but they've got some self-belief in the government here. And I, I, certainly having travelled around over the last few weeks in my new job, um, that's not the case everywhere else in this country, I can assure you of that. That's what do you think makes a good leader? Um, I don't know. I can't assume that that's what people think about me. But I would say I think um, hard work. You right. can't replace hard work. Yeah. The right motives. Every decision you take has to be for the benefit of people. Um, and that's always what I come to. If I'm kind of stewing over something, I think, well, what is best for the majority of citizens? And then that kind of leads me to the right decision. And um, I also think not to get in people's faces. Like, you don't, people don't want you to tell them what to do. Or they just want to know that your team is competent and you're there for the right reasons. And so I've never tried to be, I mean, COVID and the bushfires kind of changed that because I was in everyone's living rooms almost every day. <laughs> but I think also not being heavy handed. You know, I'm a big believer in small government. I don't think you should be. You should let people live as freely as possible. Give them the choices. You know, give them the quality of opportunity. Because when you build a good education system, health system, transport system, it gives every person an ability to have make choices and and move forward in life according to their beliefs or values. And I'm a big believer in that. So I don't believe in big, heavy-handed government. And um and and so to me, I also don't believe in being in people's faces unless you absolutely have to. Because people are smart enough and, and big enough to make their own decisions. Oh, well said. All right, we're going to break for a little bit of lunch now. And the Premier, she's done such a great job. We can have a nice lunch here at Kingsley's. Kingsley's private room, 29A King Street in the city. And what a menu we've got today. To start, we've got some bread and olives, entrees, some seared scallops, smoked peas, oh yum, crispy skin tomato and basil jam. Amazing. And for a main, a smoked fillet, 200 grams with Hasselback potatoes. Oh, good old-fashioned Hasselbacks. With cherry juice, sides, some mushrooms, carrots and steamed greens. Beautiful, let's get started. As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach. And being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of. A valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specializes in improving your cash flow, developing sales and marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. 
Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Um, now, I mentioned golf before. You obviously like your golf. I do, but I've not played in no. like 18 months, two years. So I've, yeah. got, a que- I've got a question I'm for not, you. It doesn't mean I'm good at it, so don't. No, yeah. I've got a golf, golfing question <laughs> yeah. for you. So if, if – it's a bit of funny, but if Anastasia Pal- Palaszczuk called you up and said, come up to Queensland and play a game of golf. No way. No way. And she'll pay, and then you get there and she doesn't pay, you got to still play. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the best golf courses, or best public courses. I only play on public courses. I'm not a member anywhere, and we've got the best courses here. And it's a good way to get to know a town, a country town or a suburb you haven't been to. Yeah. You just right. take your – I mean, I've got my – aspirationally, I've got my clubs in the boot all the time. Not that I – you know, but my dream <laughs> is just to stop by the side of the road and have a hit and come back. So, um, so are you yeah. playing much, Todd? Yeah, I love my golf. Um, absolutely loves it. In fact, you know, I've been playing a little bit with my dad and with my son. So that's lovely. I don't think there's many sports that you can get three generations on the golf course. Um, and to have four or five hours where you don't look at your mobile phone, you've got your dad, your son, myself, three of us wandering around talking aimlessly, laughing. Nice. You know, like that's pretty special. Uh, there's not a lot of people who be able to do that. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. Uh, and there's a lot of a lot of ribbing between the three of us. Sure. You can imagine the sledging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of fun. But, yeah, I, I think golf's that one of those very unique sports where that can happen. And, uh, you know, when you talk about sport, it's International uh, was International Women's Day this week. Yeah. And I'm um, just so, you know, Todd's now going to be working in the um, in the cricket world and I'm just so proud of the fact that uh, Cricket Australia was, I think, the first organisation that paid professional women the same rate as professional men, which is really important and doesn't happen often enough. And I think the other sporting codes will catch up to that. I think they will. And um, and, and the, I think the brand of sport the girls are playing too is exceptional. And I think, I think, um, look at the best cricketers in the world. Our women are the best in the world. They, they, they yeah. are. And, yeah. but, but I think too, I, and I think uh, it's a funny thing to say, but I think almost the, the male version of the games have been over engineered at the moment and they're over controlled. Well, there's a bit, a bit of simplicity like, in the way the yeah, girls play. And, you know, freedom. I had breakfast yesterday with Meg Lanning, who's the captain of the Australian women's cricket team. And boy, was she impressive. She was so articulate. She was very passionate about what she did. And, um, yeah, that's someone you've got to meet soon. She's, um, cool. she's a superstar. If you're a lover of sport, why not check out another podcast of mine, Afternoon Sport. With Tim Gilbert and I do a deep dive and bring you daily podcasts jam-packed with top-quality guests from sports people to former champions and administrators. Check it out. Afternoon Sport, sport with thought. Um, I ask every guest on this show, because we have a lot of school parents actually listen to the show, um, and try and get some advice and Gladys I'll ask you first if you had a talented young kid coming through school that wanted to go into politics what advice would you give the parents 
I would say to the make sure they study something first. Make okay. sure they're good at something. They have some real life experience. I yep. wouldn't recommend them going straight from university to politics. I'd recommend that they had something else to back them in behind them. I always had an insurance policy. I never assumed I'd actually get elected or move forward. <laughs> so I um I worked in banking and and was doing quite well. So, but I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the, uh, I guess, the addiction of political life out of me. I just wanted to make a contribution. My parents were migrants and always told me how lucky we were to live in a country and born, you know, be born in a country like Australia. So I always had this, this passion to give back and I couldn't get that out of my system. What, what age did you start in the Young Libs? Oh, I started in the Young Libs in, um, I got, I, I joined when I was 21 or 22, but I didn't really get active till I was about 25 because I just, um, I, I kind of focused on finishing my degrees and starting my, my career. So I, um, I didn't get active until my mid-20s and then I got elected to parliament when I was nearly 32. Wow. Yeah. So I spent four or five years in banking before I um, was gotcha. Yeah, that 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 experience is, is key, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, and I remember um, in banking, it was all about the customer and customer service. So now, every job I had in in government, whether it's transport or treasury, now premier, was like the citizens at the heart of everything we do. Right? You kind of learn. That's why my advice always is: make sure you've got some experience you bring yeah. to the table because you can apply it to to good government. Mm. Funny, I, 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 you might have come across him in the past, but a good mate of mine, a guy called James Coolmans, he was in the Young oh, Lib. Cooley, yeah, yeah. Cooley, yeah. And, um, and he, and he <laughs> where is he, he now? Is he overseas uh, or no, is he? No, he's back in. Adelaide. So okay. He's working with British American Tobacco, I think, yeah, over yeah, in the yeah. UK, and he's back here now. But um, say hello to him. I will do. He was telling me his experience. He's really excited. He was he sort of grew up in Bullara area, yeah, and yeah. Um, and he went out for for um, polling day, and they set up um, young lids set up the tent out in Campbelltown. And the um, the lab guys came across and pulled their tents down and told them to get back to these. So <laughs> really? said it, was a, it was a tough upbringing for old James. Sounds like a collision sport. <laughs> yeah. But I remember my first experience that in campaigning when I was a young lib was I was the only person on a, on a polling booth at a labour booth out in somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, some- Shane, you know, your question about um, advice to kids, I think a blend of really strong work ethic yep. blended with a passion that you find yep. will never steer you in the wrong direction. Um and then I always say this to a lot of young kids who are looking to, to figure out what they want to do with their life is there's two forms of intelligence. There's the smartest person in the room and then there's that emotional intelligence, yeah. which is really about dealing with people. And if you look at almost any leadership role, you're dealing with people. And so you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but you have to be able to what I call read the play a little bit. And that's where, again, if we refer back to having the premier here, that unbelievable skill set of being able to deal with people, being a good listener, all those sorts of things. But that blend of passion and work ethic, that you'll never fail there. I think it's so key there. I've always said, Gladys, um, for my kids, there's three rules. Um, education education is a non-negotiable. Mm. I want them to play some sort of team sport at some stage yep. so they can learn that and I want them to do some sort of arts because I don't want them to be totally yep. sporty or totally yep. arty. I want yep. to understand people across the board. So a Balanced life. Balanced life, yeah, mate. Yeah. And, um, well done. I see Dad playing the guitar poorly at home. It's, uh, mm. it's probably, probably not the best thing. Now, Todd, um, I just want to ask you a quick question because mental health is a big thing at the moment and yeah. and, and sports coming back. The NRL starts tonight. Mm. It's a big thing and people are looking forward to that. How important do you think sport is to the mental health of a lot of people? Oh, particularly in this country, I think sport is so ingrained in our psyche and, and that's why I do think all of the sports last year in this country, I've just come out of a, a one-day uh, symposium with Cricket Australia in Melbourne and you know, the thing that was impressed upon all of us was the amount of effort that the players went through and sacrifices to play was all about making sure that the Australian public had something to watch and aspire and look to. Uh, and all the football codes have done the same thing. So I think sport in this country is it's just so synonymous with what Australia stands for. And, and I think it 
difficult times during COVID, we were so fortunate we were able to keep our sports on because it gave something as an aspiration for people to keep engaged with. Have you noticed that as a leader with um, sports not on that, that people starved of it? Do you, oh, do you I think, think especially them? for kids, I think yeah. getting out and about uh, either po- – what, you know, for me, it's mainly being participating as a spectator, but it's yeah. the feel of the crowd's amazing. Yeah. Uh, feeling something in common with your fellow human beings is a wonderful feeling. Yeah. So for you guys, it's been off and on the field as well, yeah. right? Whereas for me, I've mainly been a spectator and I love it. And um, and and I think it does help. It just gives us that sense of um, feeling of community and, and being part of the crowd. Sure, yeah. I'll tell you what, Shane, I've sat with the Premier next to her oh, at a number yeah. of Origin games. And <laughs> we sat next to each other one year where it was one all Origin series and it yes. went down to the wire. And I'm telling you, there's there's nothing false about Gladys' support for the Blues here. She's definitely wearing the right jumper. It was saying. ripping into that end of that game. And when it happened, boy, oh, boy, was there a celebration. But, Todd, don't you reckon this year more than any other year we've got to whip the yeah, Queenslanders? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if seriously. We may need you to give them a little pep talk. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was funny because um, in cricket they always said New South Wales, we had a real rivalry with the Victorians. But for me it was always against Queensland, you know, that thing. And you've got to beat them. Yeah, this year, nothing as better. you say, this year more than ever. There's nothing better than beating them up up in Queensland, have, drinking one of their cold forexes yeah, afterwards. Absolutely. But I got to admit, Todd told me the rules of an RL. How was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, over the last few years we <laughs> we started. I knew, to I knew some basic stuff, but even but then I, I kind of understood some basic other thing like knock-ons yeah, and this and yeah. that. Like time, a bit more complicated. By the time we got to that Origin game, I thought you were. Yeah, pretty yeah, expert. Pretty good. You were yeah. giving me the tips. Well, it, it is easier than rugby union because I still don't know what the rules oh, are. Impossible. There. <laughs> it's impossible. No, no, I've given up on that. That's too difficult. Um, Glass, where, where are you in your premiership now? You, uh, you're into. Will you renew it? Any, any news you can tell us here at all? No, I'm just really, yeah, really, yeah. um, really looking. I mean, to be honest, you don't have time to come up for air most days. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just really. Um, I feel like I'm in my groove and I'm making a difference. And so long as the people want me here, I'll be here. So, um, yeah, I just can't believe I clocked over four years back yeah. in January. It's gone so quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I'm very positive about the future in New South Wales. I think there's a lot of opportunities for us. We've all been through a hard time, but so has the rest of the world, and I think we'll come out of it more strongly than we went into it. And now people around the world look at New South Wales and Sydney as a safe place to live, to work, to do business, and I think the opportunities for us in the next generation and the generation after that will be really positive, and that's what I'm focused on, jobs and skills in particular over the next 12 months. I agree with that. If you – Took a breath for one second. What What are you most proud of so far? Any Any moment stick out? No, nah, nothing really nah. sticks out. No. Nah. So that's the humility coming out. <laughs> Honestly, I could name five or six things that stick no, out in rubbish. my mind. No, but no. again, so that's the humility no. you can you sense it when you spend time no, with the premier. Right. It's just Todd, she's, knock not gonna, it off. she's not going to talk. She's not going to talk her own game up. Well, I think you've done a fantastic Thanks. job, and I want to thank you both for coming on the show. Thank um, you. I know you don't have time for lunch, but. The reason we can have lunch today is because you've done such a fantastic job. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get, let you get back to it. But I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, 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 Thanks for having us. Thanks, All guys. Cheers. Thank you. That's it for Lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Gladys Berejiklian and Todd Greenberg. Thanks to Hilton Headley for your hard work behind the scenes and making things happen. And thanks to our sponsors, The Growth Workshop, Business Coaching, Spartan Sports and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and do us a favour, hit five stars and if you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out in our socials. I'm at Lunch With Lee. Next week, we'll be taking some more complete legends about sport, music and business on another Cracker episode of Lunch With Lee. We'll see you then. <laughs>